Welcome back to the Argentina Project podcast at the Wilson Center's Latin American program. I'm your host, Benjamin Gadan. My guest today is David Smith, the Economist Argentina correspondent and a special contributor to our Argentina Project. David joins us to discuss the relationship between Mendoza, Argentina's famed wine-growing province, with the national government, which has become so strained of late that some Mendocinos are calling for a Mendo exit. David, thank you so much for joining us. A pleasure. We have been hearing from the Argentine province of Mendoza a growing demand for a Mendo exit. That's been the social media hashtag after the former governor and influential Mendoza politician, Alfredo Cornejo, expressed great frustration with Mendoza's relationship with the Argentine central government, which of course is from the uh, Peronist party. The former governor is the leader of the historic radical party in Argentina. David, just first tell us, what are the current roots of these tensions? And then we'll get into a bit of history between this province and the central government. Well, the immediate trigger for this, Benjamin, has been a move by the national government, the government of Alberto Fernandez and Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, the former president, is now the vice president, um, a move by the government in recent days uh, to really put a, a halt to a major, major uh, development project in the southern half and the southern uh, end of, of the province of Mendoza, a, a mega dam. Um, it was called the, uh, the, the mega work of, of the century uh, for Mendoza, a hydroelectric dam um, taking in the, the, uh, the Rio Colorado uh, and the Rio Grande in the south of Mendoza, um, which does affect um, the water of the four other provinces. The other provinces are controlled by Peronists, and Mendoza is, is one of the very few provinces um, controlled by a non-Peronist, uh, Governor Conejo, uh, the last governor, now uh, replaced by Rodolfo Suarez, radical party leaders, so opposition. Um, and the belief in Mendoza, certainly amongst the, the, uh, the radical party leadership, um, led by Cornejo and Governor Suarez, is that this is persecution of Mendoza, that the block uh, on funding this huge mega work, the electric dam, the Windy Gap dam, um, that could bring electricity and so much more to tens of thousands of homes in Mendoza, and which has been on the works for, for 14, 15 years, and in fact was very much the, um, the product of the late Nettie when he was president in 2006. So the feeling in Mendoza, the trigger, has been this sense that we're being victimized because we're, we have a non-Peronist leadership and they're starving us of resources and now they're going to prevent us going ahead um, with a project that was due to make Mendoza's future um, look very different. Um, and going ahead because those other provinces involved in this project um, are now seeking a, an environmental impact study that could take, could take ages to resolve. Now, David, that's not the only criticism from the Mendocino authorities directed at the Peronists currently occupying the Casa Rosada. I understand there's also complaints of unfair and politicized coronavirus aid that a uh, province such as Tucumán, whose governor no, uh, is quite close. Is that not an issue here? Yes, it is absolutely. I use the word, the trigger point has been this um, argument over the Superdan 
um, in the south of Mendoza. Uh, but equally, at the same time, um, the long-standing grievance of Mendoza, um, the, the province puts more into the national budget than it gets back. And remember, we have a, a federalist, a federalist uh, uh, system here, so the national government distributes um, to the provinces. And typically, over coronavirus, um, the province of Mendoza ha has spent as others have and is witnessing, I mean, the one that's used in Mendoza, I hear frequently, is the fact that it's receiving about a third um, of what a Peronist province, Tucumán, is receiving um, for dealing with the, the pandemic. And this is a symbol, um, but it's an important financial one, and particularly given the crisis of the pandemic and the way the country's been shut down. Um, it's a symbol of the way that Mendocinos um, feel that they're being uh, victimised, discriminated against, is the word used, putting in more, much more, than they receive back from the central state. And this, of course, is, is the font of any number of um, cultural attitude uh, and, uh, in a sense, uh, the, the feeling of, of being victimised. Now, how much of this, though, is politics? I mean, Alfredo Cornejo, who we hosted at the Wilson Center not long ago, is a key opposition figure in Argentina and an ambitious politician himself. How much of this is genuine policy disputes? How much of this is politics? Oh, I think we have to see. You're quite right. Um, you and I remember when, when Governor Cornejo, as then was, came to Washington, D.C. with us and um, was very much a leading light of the Macri coalition, uh, Mauricio Macri, the last president, and his uh, Let's Change um, coalition. Uh, Alfredo Cornejo is a leading player and is still so. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. We have to see behind this a political play um, from a, a, a leading opposition um, figure. He's the leader of the radical party, historically the, the, the lead opposition in this country. Um, certainly during the many decades of, of Peronism. And, you know, ex-Governor Cornejo is, is seeing a, the main chance here uh, and is using the groundswell of local set sentiment um, to present opposition to the government. Um, however, at the same time, I think I'm a little surprised, Benjamin, um, knowing Mendoza and, and knowing Governor Cornejo, um, that he has gone quite as far as he has. Um, because he, he has floated the idea seriously um, that Mendoza could and should consider um, declaring autonomy, going it alone, um, building a, an independence. He's used the word independence. Um, and, you know, the people behind the hashtag who've been at it for quite a while and the Twitter movement um, have been using Brexit uh, from the UK. They've been using Catalonia um, um, from Spain. Um, to suggest that uh, now is the time for Mendoza to consider its, its possibilities. should be said that under the Argentine constitution, there's absolutely no way um, that autonomy, independence, secession in any way, shape or form is allowed. So we're talking very much a, a, a long-term game, um, not something that can um, move in any way, shape or form quickly. But yes, politics are behind it, opposition to this government, the feeling that the government is increasingly controlled uh, by Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, 
um, uh, who has, uh, in Mendoza's view, always used the politics of of uh, money and patronage um, to control. David, before we conclude, I wonder if you'd indulge me in just a historical interlude. I mean, this uh, Mendo exit concept seems, you know, somewhat outlandish, and it seems to come out of nowhere. But historically, this has been a province with a independent identity. It's closer to Santiago, Chile, across the Andes, than it is to Buenos Aires. It's always been export-oriented with wine um, in a country that's often protectionist. It's a place that's been wealthy and managed its budget well, and a country known for debt crises. So in a sense, Mendoza has always seen itself as something different than, than much of Argentina. Oh, absolutely, Benjamin. I think one of the things that always strikes me about Mendoza is the sense of pride about not being like the rest of Argentina, um, uh, a sense of, of real honour about being Mendocino. Um, I think of it, you know, as a young correspondent, I, I lived in Italy and I can remember always feeling in Milan and Turin the sense that we're the ones who, who do and the rest of the country, particularly in the south, um, is having a siesta. Um, I've always felt that in Mendoza. Uh, their work ethic is, is very strong. Um, their sense of honesty, their ability, for example, to pay their debts. They're the only one of, of the Argentine provinces. But when the country had that historic collapse in 2001, uh, the province of Mendoza paid its debts on its, on its bonds, um, the only one that did. And they're very, very proud of that. Um, a standout. I think the other thing we have to recognize, your point about Chile is a very important one, um, is that Mendoza very much sees itself as a, a land of opportunity, um, a land of growth. And the way, for example, the wine industry has revolutionized itself in the past 30 years and made Malbec, that Malbec that hopefully you see in, in Washington, D.C. on your supermarket shelf, it wasn't there 30 years ago. It's because of what Mendoza has done um, through its its revolutionary zeal, its its willingness to change, adapt, grow, um, invest, and now you know this is a province that looks at itself and says we could be the bridge between the Pacific and the Atlantic. Um, there have been plans forever to build a railway under, believe it or not, underneath the Andes, underneath Aconcagua, the highest peak in the Americas, um, and build a train service that would link Brazil on one side and Chile on the other. The, the Atlantic to the Pacific, um, something like two-thirds of land trade, of, of trade that moves over land between the two, the, the, Pacific, the Atlantic and the Pacific, moves via Mendoza, uh, via Mercosur, that trading block, and by the Pacific Alliance that embraces Chile and Colombia and Peru and Mexico and the rest. So Mendoza sees it off, and it's got energy. It's got oil, 15% of the country. The country's oil is, is in Mendoza. Um, it has a decent IT communication um, software um, industry, um, let alone wine and, and the agribusiness. So therefore, there is a sense that Mendoza feels its, its, its energy, feels its ability to stand up alone. It should be said, uh, I saw a poll um, uh, just the other day, um, a first poll on the feelings of Mendocinos, 35% of them said they would be happy to leave Argentina. Uh, 50, 50 odd percent said no thanks, uh, which I think is very realistic. But for an embryonic uh, movement like this that has been largely in the Twitter sphere until um, the former governor Conejo 
came out with his, his call for independent thinking or autonomy. Um, I think 35% is really quite extraordinary from the get-go to have the number of men you know, expressing that pride, expressing that belief in themselves and being different from the rest of Argentina and prepared to consider going it alone. David Smith, special contributor to the Latin American program's Argentina project, the economist correspondent in Argentina. Thank you so much as always for joining us. Thank you for having me, Benjamin. Thank you for listening to the Argentina Project podcast. This episode was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. For more on this subject, visit our website, wilsoncenter.org/lap.